Welcome to Season 2 of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We are so delighted that you have joined us uh, this year in 2023. I feel really good about 2023, Sua. What about you? Do you feel good about it? What do you feel good about? I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I'm so excited about this year. And that kind of leads me into this question that I want to ask you. Like, what are you excited about in 2023? Like, what are you excited about? And is there anything that excites you about this year? Uh, I, I would love to, I would love to know what excites you about 2023. Because mm. maybe that's the reason why I'm so excited about 2023. Because there's a couple things I'm really looking forward to in 2023. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So you're really pumped about 2023. How many times can we say 2023 in one sentence? I don't, (laughs) I don't remember a time. It's been a while since I've actually really looked forward to the new year. And uh, for some reason, I am looking forward to 2023. Now, now you're making me self-conscious. I I I don't want to say 2023 anymore because you're like, how many more times can you say 2023? Well, you know, one of I have a birthday in January, and one of yes, the benefits of having a birthday in January is that you start, you feel like, kind of, it's a brand new year, both, um, like in terms of the calendar, but also like yep. your actual life. And this is, you know, I'm about to turn 39 in a few weeks. 39. Um, my last year in my 30s. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit wild. Like I'm about to enter my 40s. It's and kind of crazy. Isn't life pretty amazing? As you get older, it gets better. I have to say, if somebody asked me what has been your best decade, I mean, I only have three, but still, no, wait, is it four? 10, 20, 30. You're not four decades. You're not even 40 yet. <laughs> no, but I'm almost 40. So I'm almost, almost. in my 40. Almost. Dec- completing you're still four over decades. a year away. Well, anyway, sorry, I can't do math. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, I'm very excited about it. The 30s have been my favorite decade so okay. far of my entire life wait till you get to your 40s um, girl but i will tell you you know somebody told me once that the speed of your age like the, your age is the speed at which your life feels like it's going mm. so when you're in like when you're five or six it feels really slow but then as you get older it just keeps going by more more and more quickly and i kind of feel like that's true because my 30s i feel like just i don't know just like zoomed by you know the the, the thing for me is like my problem is that even though i'm approaching Close to 50. I'll be 49 in March. Are you exactly 10 years older than me? I'm exactly 10 years old. By the way, Sua is birthday is January 15th to our audience. So make sure you give a shout out to her uh, at uh, at our at our website. You can do that or in your social media. Same as Martin Luther King Jr. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. No wonder. Yeah. It just says it'll make sense. I know. That's why you are so justice minded. And that's why you can't let your husband buy you (laughs) lavish gifts because you're the same birthdays. I'm okay. Wow. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I wonder, John, I wonder what you're going to get your wife for her birthday. That'd be why nice. Are you, why do you have like such a mischievous <laughs> smile? I know, I'm so mean. I'm so mean. Okay. All right. But, but what are you excited about? You, I, I mean, are you excited about turning 39 or is there something that's that you're excited about? Think about it. I'm going to go first. Okay. Right? And think about it. For me, okay. there are two things that I'm super excited okay. about. Number one is I'm graduating. I'm most oh, likely oh my gosh, graduating that is a big deal. from my doctorate of ministry. So maybe, you know, we can call this the week doctor podcast. No? Oh, anyway, no. But I'm going to be graduating. And Sua, you know this because you're kind of editing my hmm. dissertation. So I got one more chapter to go. And Why don't you I'm tell hoping... everyone how much you have to pay for your very fancy cap and gown? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the seminary is making me pay $850 from my That is highway robbery. It, I mean, it's custom made, right? But 
I, I don't want to buy it. And I, I emailed them. I said, hey, is this optional? Can I not wear it? Or can I borrow one from somebody? And he just and who to borrow one from? Somebody else yeah. is six foot four. Hey, 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 listen, to save eight hundred fifty dollars, man, I got I got to pay tuition, right, for colleges and stuff. And so he said to me, he said, "Listen, it's not it's optional to attend the graduation. Like you don't have to go to the graduation. So if you don't go, you don't need to you don't need to buy one. But if you do go to the graduation, it's mandatory. You got to buy your cap and gown." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh." So anyway, I figured, listen, I busted my butt for the last couple of years at seminary to work on this doctorate. I got to go to the graduation. So, you know, we're, um, I, I have to pay for this. So the, the order is in. I haven't paid for it yet, <laughs> but the order is in. But but I got to tell you, it's a pretty, pretty awesome looking. Did you have to pay in. extra because you're in the big and tall category? <laughs> no, 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 no. Thankfully not. Thank God. I, you know, as somebody who's short, I feel like that's not really fair. unfair. I, I feel know like that's injustice because yes, when you go yes, to yes, stores, yes. they don't charge you less for petite sizes. But I, I feel like they should because it's less material. Absolutely. I 100 percent agree with that. Yeah. It makes no it makes no sense totally. that I'm paying the same amount as somebody who's like five one and they're graduating with their doctorate exactly. and they're, they got to pay the exact same price. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy. But anyway, so that's number one. Looking forward to that. Second thing I'm really looking forward to is that I this is sabbatical year for me. So Wait, I oh, get to, again? What do you mean again? I go at the at the at, at every three years. I go, what do you mean again? I feel like hold be, like from the time when I first started attending Metro, you have had how many is this, <laughs> this the third sabbatical? This will be or? my fourth sabbatical. Fourth sabbatical. See, think, that's yeah. a lot. I go every three years. I think that's it, great. It, it helps no, I think me that's great. And uh, I'm jealous. And here's what I'm gonna. One of the things I'm doing on my on my sabbatical is um, I'm planning to go to Korea with my wife. Oh, nice! Just with Jenny. Just with Jenny. No kids allowed. Just us. Like, how long are you going for? I think we're gonna try to go for ten days. Yeah. So every year, which we try to go away one once a year for minimum of five nights. So last year we did the whole hiking trip, but this year we just said, well, let's do it. I have enough miles, and so I can book free tickets for us to go to Korea. And uh, and I think we might do a pit stop in Thailand to oh, go hang out with Scott and uh, and and spend some time at Phuket, or we just might stay in Korea and go to Jeju-do, you know, something like that. And she's have never you ever been, been to Jeju-do? I've been, I've been. Oh, she's okay. never been. She's oh, never she's been never been to Jeju-do. Been to Jeju-do. She and she's lived people. there. She hasn't even been to Busan, man. I mean, I that's, that's I was like, what? So anyway, so yeah, so we uh, so mm-hmm. we're gonna do that. So I am. I guess maybe that's why I'm excited about 2023. So. Anyway, yeah. I mean, graduation is pretty epic because it's been epic. It's been a long time epic. of work. So long. the culmination of all of the I feel like I should um like you should carry a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a little I'll, bonus. So Sula, Sula, I'll make a sticker and I'll I'll put it right on my on my on my robe, all right? So they're I like, mean, hey, I did I did what? also put in what you know for um <laughs> I just want to put out a little, not that people ask me to, please don't ask me to edit your things. Like our friendship, unless it's really strong, yes. of a foundation is going to be tested if I have to edit your things. That's right. Um, don't, don't ask Sue to edit. She's only, she's my editor. She's my sole editor. That's it. No, but when, when John or like Pastor Peter or those oh, yeah, who are John, very, of course John gets a pass. Strongly, yeah. um, you know, have a strong foundation of relationship with me when you guys email me your things to edit i the first thing i do is see how many pages i have to edit and then how many days i have to edit it and then i will divide them evenly per day because there's only so many like pages i can do per day without like wanting to you know end that friendship or slash relationship 
Sua, you've never wanted to end our friendship because of the papers I gave you, right? That's because I, I rationed them per day. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, rationing them. I rationed them. them. I, I think ahead oh, because I know man. my limits. Um, and I don't see, want to stumble. Man, that's amazing. I don't want to stumble. So I make sure I, and I'm very disciplined. So I do yes. exactly that many days per day. Awesome. Like that many pages per day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, that's the key for success is discipline. Because <laughs> if you can say, I'm only going to do four or five pages. And then afterwards, you treat yourself to something, reward yourself. They said that's that's one of the key secrets to succeeding in life. Oh, it's kind of good people, to know. Well, so uh, just uh, not to get off tangent, but I will get <laughs> off tangent. Um, I when has that, that ever stopped us? Yeah. I asked my seminary, uh, one of my the best seminary professors I ever had was Dr. Ray Anderson. And he's been, you know, he passed away many years ago. And he's now with the Lord. But, you know, the guy, you know, PhD scholar, full-time pastor, he wrote a book every year. Right. So I'm like, how do you write a book every year? How do you teach classes every year like this? And then also pastor or church. And I was like, what's your secret, Dr. Anderson? And he said, it's very simple, Peter. I wake up every morning. I set a goal for myself. I said, I'm just going to write three pages in my next book. And that's all I do. I write three pages. He goes, no matter how, like, even though I know I can write more, I can do more. He was, I always stop. And then I reward myself for accomplishing that goal. I'll go get myself a cup of coffee. I'll go on a walk on the beach with my wife. But I always reward myself when I accomplish the goal. And I was like, oh, that's great advice. So anyway, you're kind of doing that. But you got to reward yourself afterwards. I mean, the reward is getting closer to the end. (laughs) An intrinsic reward and not having to do it anymore. But I just want you to know, if I agree to edit something of yours, it's because I know our our relationship slash friendship slash marriage can test, can stand the test of the, you know, whatever may come my way. Oh, my Lord. All right. Well, that's me. That's what I'm looking forward to in 2023. How about you? What are you excited about in 2023? I feel like, and I, I hate to say this in front of somebody who's nearing 50 as somebody who's only nearing 40, but I feel like my years are starting to blend right now. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if it's because something happened with the pandemic where um, like, it was just such a strange, like, I feel like I lost a bunch of years because it was really weird. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, there's things that I'm looking forward to, but it's not very specific to like 2023. Mm. Like, for example, my family and I, we're taking a trip to Rome in spring break. So I'm oh, very excited about very nice. going to Rome. Because last time I went to Rome was 2000. It was before the kids. And yeah. so I wanted to take the kids. Um, and um, yeah, Are so I'm very excited. Florence as well? You're going to do Florence? No, we're just going to do six days in Rome. We're just going to do like a wow. completely immersive experience. We're going to walk around and okay. live like the Romans do for a week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, one thing with traveling with kids... <laughs> Is, what do you mean like Romans back in 2000 no, years ago? No, Romans? like the oh, okay. Italians, the okay, Italians. Okay. No, but one of the things about traveling with kids I realized is like, I because I'm an A, like a type A slash type one Enneagram, I like an itinerary and I like yes. to stick to my itinerary. Yes. But kids, like kids kind of don't do well with that kind of mm-hmm. very rigid itinerary. So what I've learned about making actual travel pleasant with children over my 10 plus years at this point is to not make the itinerary super um, like to make it super flexible. Yeah. So that way I can be happy because I can still somewhat stick to my itinerary, but also I don't get angry if we're like five minutes behind and we're supposed to have traveled to, you know, Venice at this point, but we're still stuck in Rome because my kids decided to go look at the fountain and throw coins in it. I'm not going to be like yelling at them being like, we gotta get on the train. So I feel (laughs) like (laughs) this is like, yeah. So I decided not to put too much of my itinerary. Okay. 
kind of go with the flow, enjoy you guys the gonna, travel. Are you guys going to Airbnb or are you going to stay at a hotel? Because hotels in Italy are, are like 100 square feet. I mean, they're tiny. Yes, we have been, but no, we decided to stay in a hotel because I, I like to have people to ask questions okay. if like I yeah, need. need but, concierge. Um, okay. but yeah, we got a really good deal because I booked it like over a year ago. Um, nice. Yeah. You know, the problem with yeah. me about getting older, Sua, like even though I have an age number, like 48, 49, like I still think I'm like 30 years old or like 25 years old, like physically. I In, still think oh, I can I see. do okay. things physically that you know that i can't and and the best example i can give is that there was we were having this burpee thing partner burpee relay like how many burpees can like can you do 75 burpees in like whatever eight minutes or something like that and like you had to do two then your partner does two and i kept doing it and then i felt this throbbing pain on like, oh, my boy. back on my shoulder <laughs> i'm like what's going on and oh, taylor God. taylor from maven he was like you know he was coaching and i just said dude i got like this pain back here like i don't know why every time i'm doing these burpees and he said, it's because you're almost 50 years old. You got to slow down and stop being so competitive. He's like, you got to chill out now. You're like, he's like, Peter, you're getting old and you got to stop thinking you're like in your early 30s and you got to stop being so competitive. I'm like, I'm not even trying to be competitive. I just want to get it done. But anyway, yeah. So I think I mean, that's the benefit of somebody like me who's never quite reached her max potential. Like I could just coast at 30%, which I no, can still coast at 70 so, and 80. So, so my whole thing is this, like, I can't like when you're working out, why do you want to coast? Why would you work out and coast? Just don't work out. Like for me, it's so like I if you can't give it a hundred percent, it's not even worth doing. Well, something That's interesting. I read a book about shout out to Christine Lee, who's actually Taylor from Maven's wife. Yes. She gave me a book about um this guy being trained by a Navy SEAL. I forgot what the oh, book yeah, is yeah. called. It's a hilarious um, book. Hilarious but I remember book. reading about it and the guy who's the Navy SEAL said, when you think you've given your 100%, like when you think you're yeah. at 100 and you can't go anymore, yeah, that's only like more. a 10%. Yep. Yep. You still have 90 more, yeah. but like it's your mind blocking you. Yes. But you know what? I don't care what I read. These things don't motivate me at all. I will tell you exactly why I never push myself. If I push myself where I want to throw up and die, which is the way John exercises, yes, it's, it's really hard should. for me to motivate myself to do it again. Really? So like if I on Monday exercise so hard and I had such a negative experience, then on Wednesday when it's my next time to do it, I don't want to do it. Hmm. So to me, it's more important to make it limit myself to a place where it's still pleasant for me because if I don't, then I can't keep to my discipline. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I feel like it's one of those things that's different for everyone. Okay. Like I feel like John won't get a high. Like he won't get that yeah. like adrenaline rush, like that high unless he really like goes to the degree where yeah. like he wants to die. Yeah. And then he feels like maybe he's accomplished yep. something. Whereas for me, if I push myself to that degree, I would never really want to do it again. So mm. it would kind of kill the entire routine. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 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 You're just a lot, you're a lot smarter than John and I are when we work out. No, but I mean, you clearly, you guys stick to a routine. Yeah, Once again, we get, we're completely going off topic. But I get um, It's been That's like 30 problem. minutes and all we've yeah. talked about is exercise once <laughs> again. All right. Well, anyway, well, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. We need to talk. <laughs> let's shift focus. There's no way I can correlate what we just talked about to what we're going to talk no. about today. No. I want to talk about the Bible. And I do know that the Bible should be important for Christians today, but I do know that there is this, I don't want to say trend, but there's there's sort of sort of a, an understanding where I think a lot of Christians, if we're just going to be honest, they think the Bible is boring. Um, some, some Christians believe they know 
everything about the Bible. They know the story. So why do they need to keep reading it? And I think those are some real valid questions. And I think we just want to talk about this. And I did some research, Sua, and I don't know if you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to, I think this is going to shock you. But uh, Gallup did a poll back in May okay, of, of 2022. And they asked the question to Americans. They said, do you believe the Bible is the actual word of God? 20% of Americans actually said that they believe that the Bible is the actual word of God, which is down 24% from 2017. So not Christians, but like no, Americans. Not, okay. Yeah, Americans in general, okay. right? Okay. But, tw- it, but, it, but it went down 24% in five years. I think that's pretty. In five that's, years? In five years, 24%. So, wow. so they asked the same question in 2017 and 44% that of Americans believe that the Bible is the actual word of God. Now, here's the kicker here. They asked Christians. How many of you yeah. believe the what Bible is the Word of God? Twenty-five percent. Wait, so it's like pretty much the same. It's pretty much. It's just five percent better. So this is the reality. And the question was, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Yeah. Yep. And Christians, twenty-five percent of Christians believe. Of Christians yes. say that the Bible is the actual Word of God. Wow. Yes. And so I guess the reality is, is that if you're listening, seventy-five um, percent of Christians today don't really believe the Bible is the Word of God. And you know what? They may not. You may not say that. Um, I think you may not say that verbally. But I think your actions scream it all the time because if we're not in the word, of course, we're not going to believe it's really the word of God. We're not learning from it and things like that. We're not allowing God to speak to us, you know, uh, in it. So I think it is a real big, it's, it's a real big issue here. And I, that's kind of one of the reasons why we just want to talk about it. And I don't want to, I don't want you guys in an audience to believe like for me, it's like, it's like every time I open up the Bible, it's like, you know, like it's, um, it's an amazing experience and I'm just hearing from God constantly. Like I've had to work really hard uh, just to really make a Bible a, a, a daily discipline where I am actually in it and I'm reading it and I'm trying to receive and, and let God minister to me regularly through it. And it's not been an easy process for me either. So the struggle is real. I understand that. But that's an alarming statistic that 75% of Americans are Christians uh, believe that the Bible is not the actual word. We might have God. to footnote that study so that people actually believe us because that's actually incredible. Gallup, like, I can't believe Gallup, that is wild. It's a Gallup. So you can Google a Gallup uh, poll in May of 2022. Uh, the other question is like, so the actual word of God, meaning like, do you believe everything in the Bible is the actual word of God? And then the other parts are like, do you believe that the Bible, you know, like some of it's true and some of it isn't and all that kind of stuff. Like it might be inspired. And stuff, but yeah, but it's a real, real sad statistic. But it's the reality; it's the reality yeah. of the world in which you and yeah. I live in today. And you know, there there are so many different texts, like Hebrews four twelve, and I think we commented on this uh, on a previous podcast. But it says the word of God is alive and powerful; it's sharper than a double edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires, and that's what mm. the word of God is. But it's not really that for a lot of us. So, so what do you think? What do you think is the reason why today? 75% of Christians are kind of feeling like, mm, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't need to read the word of God to be a follower of Jesus. What do you think are some of the, some of the things that Christians tell themselves for them to kind of go into that place? I mean, I have heard um, lots of different things. I mean, I'm trying to think of my own experience of the times when I kind of stopped reading the Bible. Um, you know, for me, I want to say on the in the times when like, you know, I've had ups and downs. There's been times when I've been pretty consistent and there's been times when I like I completely tossed it. The time, I mean, I will say the times that I really just did not stick to a routine were when um, other things kind of were happening in my life. So, for example, mm. like every time I had a kid, 
like Bible reading went out the window. Like there was just no way. Mm-hmm. Like I could not, I didn't, I could not prioritize it. Like there were so many other things I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Bible reading is one of those things that um didn't feel like urgent. A priority. Like, like a it just priority. it just didn't feel yeah. like there was an yeah. urgency there. Right, like the Bible right. will always be there. The Bible has been there for thousands of years. Like, you know, it'll be there for me to read. And so what like if I don't feed my child today, there will be immediate consequences. Whereas if I don't read the Bible today and give myself give myself spiritual nourishment, like you don't really see the consequence immediately. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so it definitely gets kind of comes down on that totem pole of priorities because I'm like, well, what's the consequence there? Like there's no immediate consequence. And Why no are you immediate, smiling? And there's no immediate consequence when you give your child who's starving a pizza crust and you and your husband okay. eat the rest Can of the we, pizza. <laughs> it's a new year. It's 2023. I think it's time we moved still, on from the that. pizza crust. I still think about okay, that. Can I goodness. just talk? L- listen, okay. Do I always bring up the fact that you ate an entire bag of honey butter chips? Not only is that gluttonous, <laughs> but also you did it without asking for consent from the person who bought so, the bag. So, and then you didn't even show remorse you just kept talking about how delicious the bag of chips was so Sua, do i do this no i don't because i'm an evolved mature christian yeah you are a mature christian and the reason why is because like you're <laughs> almost like this perfect person and so like i just mm-hmm. i'm so shocked like i would have never sure. in a million years think that you would have done that but anyway i am sorry about that but i did buy my daughter a bag of honey butter chips recently i said here it is i, I never got her that bag from the summertime and so i just got it for a reason how many months for you to pay should have been like three bags with months. interest it was six months she still hasn't opened it so i'm gonna give her like another week if she doesn't open them? it I'm going to eat them because oh she's not, obviously it's not a high priority for her and is a major high priority for me. So <laughs> I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. So anyway, but anyway. okay. Yeah. So I, I think, I think you hit the, you know, I think you hit it right there, right on. Like it's the idea that the Bible is really doesn't, it's not a priority. It's not a priority many times. And I think because it's not a priority that we kind of have a tendency to just say, well, whenever I have time, I will read it. And I think that's, that's, that's the rea- that's the reality for most Christians. And how do you like wh- how do you think we get there? I think at least for me, Sua, correct me if like you have a different idea or thought about that. I think it's just because we just read the Bible, but we're not getting anything out of it, right? I think that's probably the reason why. If we were getting something out of it, if it was actually helping us in our in our walk, and you know, and like we actually heard God's voice through it, I think we'd probably make it a higher priority. But it's just not a real priority because we read it, and sometimes we just read it real fast and. If you have ADHD like me, sometimes you need to read it like multiple times and it's just, you know, you, you have a hard time even str- struggling with attention to to really focus on reading it. So I think over time, it's just if we're not really getting much from it, and this is really about, you know, this consumerist culture, why do we even invest time into doing it, right? Do we just do it out of a sense of duty? Because we're Christians, we got to do this. And I think if that's the posture, then yeah, it's going to be very hard for us, I think, to really be consistent with reading the Bible. Wouldn't you agree with that? I I will say reading the Bible is not the same as reading, you know, like romance Harry novels. Potter or oh yeah, romance novels are the best. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, I love romance novels. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting very off track here. But um, it's not the same as reading something that is like written for me in yeah. the sense that yes, of course, the Bible is for every believer. Um, but it was written for a totally different demographic in a completely different time period. Like some of the things that are written, like don't make sense to us in our mm-hmm. cur- current context. So, so like it's not for the example, kind of, for example, for example, like, like 
even like some of the like many of the parables are like agriculture based and none of us are farmers like we have no idea <laughs> what the they're talking about a little bit yeah, my husband, husband probably gets he would it. understand it yeah you know what maybe that explains why his spiritual maturity has like skyrocketed since he's tried to become a farmer <laughs> but i mean so a lot of the things that jesus talks about yes. are even i mean let's not even go yeah. to the freaking old testament we're yeah. really some of those things yeah. i'm like what does that what is that even like you know i re okay can i just say this is kind of embarrassing but it's only in the past three months ish that i found out you know the whole thing about the whole like oh gosh what was the verse it was like about like the oxen being yoked together mm-hmm I didn't even know what that was. Like, I was literally like, what What do you, What does that mean? And then I finally Googled it and I was like, oh, that's what that means. Like, I just read it and I'm just uh-huh. like, and I've said it multiple times. Sure, like, oh, we need sure, to be yoked sure, together sure. or whatever. Yeah. But I yeah. never really quite yeah. understood what yeah. that was. And so there's yeah. so many things that just don't make yeah. sense to us. It's not like reading, you know, a BuzzFeed article or something like that. You know, it's, it's really difficult text to read and understand. Mm. Mm. And so I think there's an extra obstacle to reading the Bible because it doesn't come easily to a yeah. lot of us, you know? I mean, do you oh. agree? I, I I agree and I disagree at some points, but no, I agree with you. Like in terms of like agriculture, like the parables and stuff, like fishermen and all that stuff, I think definitely it's a little bit harder. But I mean, when you start to open up and you start reading like the epistles and you focus on like Jesus and like what happened to him and, and not just only his teachings, but like you focus on how he lived his life, I think you can get a lot and you can learn a lot from it. And God could really speak to you in a real deep way through it. Um, so for me, like I've noticed, at least for me, um, I get the most out of the Bible when I really give myself some time not to be in a rush. Because like for me, like the more busy I am, like like you said, like if you have kids and stuff like that, like, hey, it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty, like saying, you know what, I can't read the Bible today. It's just too much. But when I give myself time and I just kind of spend time like in a text, what happens for me is this, is like I'll read it and it's kind of like this ancient practice called Lectio Divina. And this practice of just kind of like reading a passage over and over again. But like I'll read and when I read and if there's like a few verses that really capture my attention, like I just won't read. I'll, I'll stop until like I get everything I want to get from like for those two verses that God really spoke to me on. And I will just kind of read it like probably about 10 times, you know, not like like right away. Like I'll read it once. I'll kind of think through it a little bit. Then I'll read it again. And I'll just keep reading it and saying, God, what do you want to say? What are you trying to say to me here? Because for some reason, these verses are really grabbing grabbing me today. And I'll just kind of read it over. And I think that's the best way to read the Bible. If you're just kind of reading it, like you're reading an article or something like that, then yeah, you, you probably, because it's not necessarily tailored, right? Again, it's you know Jesus using different parables that we don't even know about because it's not our context today. Uh, I think it's hard. But if you kind of like read it within that posture, so like I would always say like, don't, like set a goal to read a lot of Bible like every day, but like, you know, like no more than a chapter and then just kind of go through it. And usually like there's something that gra- like, like for me today, like there was something that grabbed me today. I was reading Mark chapter four. So we're doing the New Testament challenge at Metro. It's really exciting. So uh, uh, we have people signing up. They signed up to read the New Testament in the entire year. So we're doing that because we don't want to, you know, I know some, some churches and they have the Bible called the one year Bible. And I know we've done that at the Metro in the past. But the one-year Bible is a lot of reading. It's I mean, you have reading. to read like about six chapters. I, mean, I still a day. do it, but it's a lot of reading. It's a lot, and 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 at least for me, like I've done it so many times, and like I hardly ever get anything out of it because it's just too much scripture. Mm-hmm. I think one chapter, even for me, is a lot. But I'm I'm, I'm going with this because our church is doing it. 
But like this morning, it was really great. Jesus was talking about in Mark four about you know like what what soil are you a farm? Like you said, agriculture. Yeah. He's planting. He's scattering his seeds. Some fall on concrete. Some fall on thorns and things like that. And like I just I've I've preached on that passage. I've seen that passage so many times. And this is you know to kind of counter anyone who feels like well you know what I know all the stories in the Bible. I have a seminary degree. I don't really need to read the Bible. That's BS, man. God will speak to you because the Holy mm -hmm, Spirit lives mm -hmm. inside of you like differently every time you read a text. And I was just reading it and I was just so gripped by that that passage when Jesus says, you know, the ones that are that are the, the seeds that fall into um, soil with thorns in it. You know, what that means basically is that people get so concerned of the worries in this world and they kind of obsess themselves with wealth. Mm. And it was just it just spoke to me like just again, like just saying. Well, that's it. Like for those who are just so focused on money and becoming wealthy, they're on thorny soil. I mean, that's a real bad soil. You don't want to be there because when you're focusing on that, you don't have good roots. And I think that could be something that, you know, you can preach on and share with people within our church. But I think there's a lot of Christians today where their soil is thorny. It's very thorny because they're they're worried about certain things, but they're more they're more focused on success and wealth and things like that. And so, any event, yeah. So I would say, like you know, that that kind of really spoke to me. And then, and and then just the other day, uh, I think it was Mark two. Man, like Jesus just rocked me. Remember when uh, he he invited uh, Levi Matthew to be be one of his disciples, mm -hmm. and then Matthew throws this huge party and he invites all mm -hmm. these other tax collectors yeah. and these sinners. And this says in parentheses, like. There were a lot of people that are like detestable sinners that follow Jesus in parentheses. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then the Pharisees said to Jesus, why do you eat with such scum? They literally right. said, that. Yeah. why yeah. do you eat with such scum? And Jesus says this, and I read this so many times, but it, it gripped me again. He said, you know what? I have not come to call those who think they are righteous. I've come to call those who know they're a sinner. Right. And I was just like, that's so cool. Like that is honestly like, how many times have you and I like exempted ourselves from doing certain things because we don't feel qualified, right? Jesus, what qualifies for Jesus to call you to serve him and to, to be a leader or whatever that might be, isn't your righteousness. It's actually you knowing that you're a sinful person. And so like, I just, that really spoke to me. And I felt like, at least for me, when I read that passage, I said, well, you know what, God, I really feel like, like, I am always hiding behind my righteousness when I'm not confessing my sins. Like I got to be confessing my sins in the presence of someone else. And when I don't do that regularly, I'm actually hiding behind my righteousness. I'm becoming like a Pharisee in that mm -hmm. way. So anyway, so like those are some things. And so for me, like I just read it like 10 times over and over. And I just like God speak to me. And every time you read it, like for some reason, like it gets more powerful and you just like the spirit speaks. So that would be my best advice I can give to you for those who might be struggling to read scripture um, just give yourself some time. You don't have to give yourself a ton of time, but if you give yourself like one chapter, it should take you less than like three, four minutes to read a chapter. But if you give yourself like maybe 10, 15 minutes, um, I think you could really like, if there's a passage that grabs you, you can just kind of look at it over and over again. Just let God speak to you, let him minister to you because it'll be really great. So yeah, I mean, I get it. It's out of context. You know, sometimes you don't, you don't fully grab onto it. But at the same time, I think like if you can just, because the spirit lives within you, um, the Bible can really speak in real powerful ways. Well, so yeah. I think that, so going back to what I said, um, I definitely think, I still definitely think it is a challenging text to read. I don't think it comes naturally. However, I do think that's why it is important to plug into the spirit because it is a supernatural yes. text. And what do I mean the by Holy that? Holy Spirit, like, Sua. 
No, but you know, when you read, you know, for me personally, and I think yeah. this is a very personal and different journey for each person. Like, for example, I know John likes to listen to it on audio because he just yeah. hates reading. Whatever um, and some people works. are auditory yes. learners Absolutely. and some people are visual Absolutely. learners and some people yep. like, you know, one thing I will say that I've learned over the years is there's a very different experience reading the text as like, I'm studying this today versus like mm. reading it in the spirit yeah. and for me personally to read it in the spirit i have to prepare myself before i even open the text yeah. so it's kind of akin to like it feels like i'm plugging okay so I i've been told i've been taught like an illustration of the holy spirit after jesus and before jesus mm. and i was told that before jesus it was kind of like we had candles burning all the time and if the candles died it was done um, and sometimes God would light, relight the candle and sometimes he wouldn't. Whereas after Jesus, we have a direct access to the Holy Spirit. It's like electricity. All you have to do is yeah. plug yourself in. And we have 24-7 access to God through yes. the Spirit. Yes. For me, I need to plug in first before I start reading. Yeah. Because if I don't plug in, it doesn't make sense to me. Because once again, it's a very supernatural text. Right. And you need to, for me, I need to be in the right posture. I need to really plug in quote unquote, to the Holy Spirit for the words to come alive in my life. Um, and for me personally, what that looks like is usually doing a like a hymn or a song, reading mm. a psalm mm -hmm. um, and then preparing yeah. my heart and then I'll read. Love it. And then I feel like, um, and sometimes when I read it, I don't get anything out of it. And I yeah. have started saying to God, I'm not leaving until you give me my word. Dang, like I'm not girl. leaving. So I'm um, and about. God, oh, and sometimes it takes a while. But God always gives me something. And for me, my my re like my kind of like, I don't know, like confirmation of whether I've heard that day or not from God is at any given point of that day after I've read my Bible, if somebody says to me, what was God's word for you today? I need to be able to say it yeah. inst instead of thinking, what did I read today? Yeah. Like I yeah. need to be able to say, this is what God gave me for yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and it needs to just come out like that. You know, you know? I, it's so great. And, and, you know, Sue, I really think it's more important for you to share a little bit about like kind of what's helped you because, you know, you're not a pastor. And I think people, our audience will be more engaged with like just hearing how you do. And I love that because it sounds like to me, you're giving yourself some time. Yes. You're not in a huge way. You're saying, I'm not leaving God until you speak to me. You know, you're not, you're not daring God. You're, you're not like no. making this request, but of course God wants to speak to you. And so you're just going to keep going, keep chewing on it and let God speak to you. And I think that's a real beautiful thing. And parents, I just want to encourage you, like, and I've realized this as well because, you know, our family's been watching The Chosen and um, so uh, <laughs> it's so good. But I am just, I mean, I'm flabbergasted because I'm not going to say who. One of my three kids literally knows nothing about the Bible, like literally. And I'm just like, what? I was like, okay. So I realized that I have to really, um, I have to teach. I have to teach them mm -hmm. how to do it. I have to teach them how to read the word. And uh, and that's one of the things that I said I'm going to do and and just kind of take them through it and kind of like and how God can really speak to you through the scripture and just to know it. And um, and so, yeah. And here's the reason why I think like, so I guess, I guess a question I could ask you, Sua, maybe you can think about it. If you don't want to answer it now, you can wait. But like, what is the purpose of reading the Bible? Like, what is really the purpose? Like, I think that's important to know is like, why should you and I like really read the Bible? Like, what is, you know, like, what would be the purpose? And I think there's a lot, right? But yeah, that's a question I want to ask you. Like, what do you think is the purpose of reading the Bible? You know, I, I think that a lot of times, um, 
we we always say like we don't hear from God. I yes. say that all the time. Like I just feel like God is so distant. Yeah. I don't feel like I hear from God. My kids say this to me all the time. Like sometimes God, they will come and ask me questions, and I'll say, "Why don't you ask God?" Like mm. that's a question for you to ask God. And then they'll say, as is a logical response, "Okay, but how do I hear from God? Because like he, he's invisible. Like how am I supposed to hear from God?" You know. And I feel like. Um, sure, there are those experiences where the Holy Spirit just speaks to us in our hearts and like we hear it and we know. But I feel like much more reliable is the Bible that is yeah. literally right there. And yeah. in many ways, it is literally a, like a guide to how we should live our lives. Yeah. Um, there are times when, okay, like this is kind of, you're going to think I'm crazy, but um, it's my personal story. So what are I you going to say? You, and one of those crazy. things is That's like, okay. you know, nobody can challenge somebody's actual like personal story, right? Because this is my no. story. Yeah. So the other week I was um, reading, um, I was, so, no, this is before, before 2023, it was 2022. We were, I was finishing revelations. Um, Look at you getting into revelations. No, it's, the it's like year. the worst. <laughs> Dang, revelations girl. Just, like blows my mind. <laughs> I don't understand half of the stuff they're talking about. And I'm like, what? <laughs> But one of the, but you know, going with it, one of the things that is so clear in Revelations mm. um, that became extremely clear to me this time was the like just the scope of God, like how yeah, I know God is like Alpha and Omega, but it's like the scope is so infinite that like mm. it's so much infinitely bigger than anything I could ever imagine. Yes. Like He yes. just knows everything from yeah. the beginning, from even the before the beginning until like the end of the end of the end. Like mm. He just He just has it all. Right. And I yeah. remember the the thing that I felt so convicted about was God is so big and he just covers everything. He knows eternity. He knows it all. And yet he's small enough to meet me in the small details yeah. of my life. Yeah. Um, and I remember that was my meditation for the day. And then the next morning, nice. you're going to tell me I'm crazy. The next morning I was sleeping. It was Thursday. It was, oh, you know, what? it was a week of Christmas. So trash was supposed to be one day later. Like, you know, like usually it yeah, goes on yeah, holiday yeah, yeah, schedule, yeah. right? So I'm sleeping. It's in the morning. And John's already gone to work. John usually does a trash, but he, I had told him like, oh yeah, it's not today. It's one day delayed. So whatever. So I'm, I'm sleeping. I swear to you, I hear someone go, it's trash day. And I know I heard it because I was sleeping and I woke up. Like I just woke up out of nowhere. And I was like, did somebody just tell me it's trash day? But I knew John had gone to work. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I'm like, but it's not trash day. It's a day delayed. But then I kept hearing it's trash day. So then I, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to check. So I opened my email and I got the email from my trash service. And it says holiday schedule. So I lo look at the email and it says on Christmas week, trash will resume a normal schedule. And God I'm cares about like, our trash. God cares about no, our so trash. So I'm laughing because I'm like, God, is this a joke? Like, are you making a joke at me right now? Because he, and I don't think it was like trash is such an important thing that yeah. God is like speaking to me. But sure. for me, it was a confirmation of I care about everything in your life. Even the smallest details, I care, even mm. though I am this infinite God. And I know I told John and John's like, I think you're crazy. I think you're tripping. But I know because I was literally sleeping and I got out of my bed because I heard somebody say it's trash day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sleep very deeply. Like anyone who knows me knows I do not wake up. So that was just like a funny like half and that's kind of funny sometimes. So it was like a confirmation of like, I care. I care about the little yeah. things in my life, Sua. You know, you I, know? I, I, Sua, like that's so inspiring. And I don't think you're crazy. I think God totally does that. He's done that to me uh, a couple of times, but... 
but not not about trash, but but about other things. <laughs> um, sometimes a, a lot more important, you know. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, many years ago, I was in California, and my mother was sick, and she was sick for about a week, and we just thought, ah, just a common cold. We took her to the doctor; they did mm-hmm. blood work, and he never called us back. We thought it's okay. And then I went to California, and you know, uh, like just I was like probably like seven in the morning in LA time, and like the Holy Spirit woke me up and said, your mom needs to go to the emergency room now. Mm. And I was just like, what? I was like, what, what is this? But it was so clear. I called my sister-in-law and I said, I need you to go to my mom's house and I need you to go pick her up and take her to the ER. And, and she went and she had a real bad blood infection and cause wow. it was never treated. And, you know, we had ER doctors in Englewood uh, from our church. Yeah. And so they were so cool. Yeah. I was like, could you please like look, check in on her? And so they call me and they'd be like, yeah, your mother had a really bad, you mm-hmm. know, she, uh, uh, she had a urinary tract infection, but then it became a it blood infection. A sepsis, yeah. She was in the hospital for like four days, man, four wow. or five days. She'd never been in the hospital that long. And so literally, like they said, she would have died if she stayed home any longer. And so like, I do believe God speaks to us in ways like that. So, so I really think like, like this probably like that doesn't usually happen to you, right? Where God says, no, hey. yeah. no, but I think what? because it was a continuation of what I had confirmed the day before, like what I, the word yes. I had received. Yes. Well, no, no, but I think it's even deeper than that. Also, you also, um, you also speak in tongues. Like you got bap- like you got the spiritual gift of tongues and that allows you to connect with the spirit in a more intimate way. As a result of it, things like this happen. Honestly, it does. You're connecting deeper. You're reading scripture. He's showing you stuff and then like confirming, I think it's so cool. This is so cool. No, I think it's super cool. But I think Sua, this you all are goes so cool. I never use that <laughs> word cool. All right. Okay, but, but right that's now, true, actually. You, I, so I, you said cool. I'm a lot of things, but not cool. Sua, you are so cool right now. Like so cool. Okay, yeah. but can we okay, so going back to the question you asked me, yes. I think again, I hate to bring up like exercise analogies once again, but I feel like in many ways, Paul also uses like that's right. athlete language. That's so right. we're just that's being right. consistent with like our biblical Come on, um, predecessors. Let's go. Um, no, but seriously, like I think some of, you know, when you exercise, and I said this to you earlier when we were preparing for mm-hmm. it, but when you exercise, I know you said you don't see gains, but that's a lie, right? Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. you look like before you started an exercise regimen and you what you look like now. Yeah. Somebody, I'm not going to say who, recently described you as a tall, jacked Asian guy. So like, <laughs> you know, clearly like Honey, there have if you're been listening, some gains. Please, I'm a tall, jacked Asian guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, But, you know, again, even though I'm not a hardcore person who exercises, I still see the gains. Like yeah. when I exercise, I see the difference. And then yeah. I know what I look like before. And every time I exercise, I'm getting stronger. Like I started on five pounds, I'm on 25 pounds. Like you see the gains, right? And I think what you said is true. I think a lot of times the reason why we give up on Bible reading is because we don't see the gains. Yeah. Like we just don't see yeah. any difference. It's yeah. so discouraging. Yeah. Um, it's not fun. Like it's just yeah. not fun. And I think it yeah. only becomes fun when, like you said, and like I said, like we really start hearing from God. Yeah applying it to our lives, yep. it starts manifesting in the different parts of our, our yep. lives and we see God do things, yeah. then it gets fun. And I hate to yeah. use that word, but it is fun. Bible reading can be fun, yeah. Yeah. you know, but I don't think it is the way we see it. Yeah. And let, let me just try to um, give a new word instead of fun, because I think the world uses the word fun and yeah. sometimes that word could be used to endorse sin, right? Like, listen, yeah. like I'll go and have sex with somebody else who's not my spouse because it's fun. Right. Like I'll go get wasted because it's fun. So many people in the name of fun, they'll do mm. things that really compromises 
their own lives, you know, and they get themselves in really big trouble. So I think the reason why we should read the Bible is to really find is because we can find joy. And, mm-hmm. you know, when yeah. God speaks to you, it is so like, I, I'm assuming, I'm sure like at the end, as you processed all this, like you're sleeping on a Thursday and I'm sure there was like, joy, the like God, you would love me that much that you would wake me up and tell me to take out the garbage. Like you would just like love me. That's joy guys. That that's true joy that the world cannot understand and cannot take away because God speaks to you like that. And you're spending time intentionally connecting with him, you know, in that way. And I think that's really beautiful. It's a really beautiful thing. So, and I think it's really important to know that like to have a rhythm like that, it's really helpful because when, even when you struggle, like, you know, you're going to go through your ups and downs in life. And there's going to be moments when life just really is hard, right? There's going to be mm-hmm, some really difficult mm-hmm. things that happen in life. And when you build that discipline of just pressing forward, you know, just continuing to be in the word, like God speak to you, it keeps you grounded and it helps you. And I've, I've said this before in a previous podcast, but I think for me, when I don't hear from God, when I read the Bible, because I read the Bible every day, I read it regularly, but there are days I just don't, right? And I think for me, like I've noticed something about myself that when that's happening, it's usually because I'm struggling with idolatry. Mm. Like there's something more important in my life than God. Because idolatry draws your attention away from God, right? Yeah. That it just draws your so when my attention is drawn away from God and yet I'm still trying to read the Bible in that process, it's hard, right? So I think for me, like I try to like identify like what is more important um than God right now in my life. Like if I if I'm starting to figure out like why am I not hearing from God? What's going on? I'll ask myself that question. Mm-hmm. And uh the three areas of idolatry, and I've talked about this before. Um, and if you were at Metro, I did a whole sermon on the Bible uh, a couple of weeks ago on Faith Foundation. So if you guys want to listen to it, or if any of you listening want to listen to the sermon on the Bible, um, you can you can go on to emetro.org and then you can find the sermon. It's, it's a the series called Faith Foundations. But the three areas of idolatry I think that we most struggle with is like delight. Like, what do I delight more in than God? It's an important question for me to ask. And then who do I trust in more than I trust in God at this mm-hmm. point, point in my life? And then it's obedience. Who do I end up obeying over God? Like those are the three areas. Like sometimes I'm like, do I obey my kids more? Do I obey like my parents? Do I obey like Jenny more? Um, you know, stuff like that. Like who am I putting ahead of? You know, those are some of the areas that I feel like, you know, I struggle with the most in idolatry. And maybe that'll offer you some help. Maybe you've been really struggling like to get stuff from the Bible. And maybe it could be there's this, there are idols in your life that you need to sacrifice so that once you do that, you know, and, and to know it is such, it's like almost half the battle because when you don't know your idols, you just live in it without knowing it. But when you know it, now you have a choice whether you're going to continue to worship that idol or you're going to lay it down. And just to have that choice is very empowering. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. But I do think like, at least for me, like, you know, if we're going to go according to scripture um, and looking at it, there's a there's a passage in 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. And like the two purposes of the Bible, number one is to teach us what's right and wrong in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really important thing. Like without the Bible, we're not going to really know what's right and what's wrong in our lives, right? And that's a big thing. And then the second thing, I think, because I know a lot of people say, well, read the Bible because it's like God's love letter to you absolutely it is it is you're you're continue to experience god's love in amazing ways like you did sua like you read revelations you saw how big god is but then how he's caring for us in even the small ways but i think the other reason why we have to be in the word and the purpose of the bible is it equips us to do good works and that's Mm -hmm. what it says in second timothy it says that god uses the bible to prepare and equip his people to do every good work 
And without the Bible, we can't be fully equipped to do the work that God wants us to do because God does want us to work. Mm -hmm. He does want us mm -hmm. to expand and grow his kingdom. And we really can't do that unless we allow the Bible to really equip us. And so I think that's one of the major reasons why we should be in the word because if you want to do good works for God, um, you know, you have to be in the word and you have to read it. And so, you know, I think what you said about John is really good. Some people are auditory learners and there's a, there's some great auditory, um, like Bible, audio, audio Bible stuff that that's out there right now that is so good. And it's done by Hollywood actors. Like, it's just so good. Like Jim Caviezel is Jesus in the new King James version. Um, it's called the word of promise. I think that's what that one is called. And it's the new King James version. Like Jim Caviezel is embroiled in a bit of controversy right now. Yes, he is. He is. He is. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, but yeah, but there's like, they, they have Hollywood actors reading this. So it's like powerful when you're hearing it. And I still like to, the, the, my, my favorite chapter I love to listen to is John 16, when Jesus prays for his disciples and us. Mm. Like I listen to that frequently. If I'm like struggling, I'll just listen to it. And man, it's, it's just powerful. But anyway, there are different ways in how you can like learn. Some could be listening to it audibly. But for me, I like to listen to it. But I really like to read it like just little bits at a time and just chew on it. And I journal. Do you journal, Sua? Um, I restarted journaling. Okay. And the reason why I started doing it was even though I wasn't doing it for a long time was because I wanted to remember like my food of the day. And yeah. the only and for me, I need to write exactly. things out to really remember. Same, same, same. But um, but you know, so going back to what I said about how I'm not somebody who works out in a hardcore way and I don't want to throw up and all this stuff, it actually ties in very well because mm. I, you know what? You might tell me that I'm being a terrible Christian, but I don't read the Bible every day. I do it three times a week. That's exact. That's my schedule for now. I assess how realistic this plan is for me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that people feel very guilty about yeah. is like, I should do it every single day. It's great if you can do it every single day. But for me personally, I think it's much more important that I set a realistic routine for me yeah. and then go from there. Um, So I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because I know on the weekends with my kids being there, I just can't, I'm not yeah. in that space yeah. where I can focus. Yeah. So I start Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If I want to add extra, I will but I don't feel guilty if I fail that day, but I will make sure I prioritize Monday, Wednesday, Friday. These are the days that I, I do so my how, how many minutes do you actually set aside time to read? You know, like, it depends your, on like, the and, day. And, and how much do you read at a time? Like, like what, what share with the audience? Like, like, do you read one chapter? Do you read two, three, four, five chapters? Like, what do you, what do you do? I mean, it's, it varies, but this year I'm, I'm restarting the one year Bible. I did, the one year Bible last year. I personally like the one year Bible because I like reading but a lot of text. You're reading the Bible three times a week. That means you're reading like you're catching up on your readings then because it's every no, day. No, no, no. I just Bible. do it whatever that day is. Um, So I don't oh. read it chronologically. Oh, so I just read. The other... Yeah. No. Because I mean, we've you read the Bible before, see, right? It's not like a new I, I text such to a us. a chronological person. I would never in a million years think about doing that. Like, oh, because yeah, just skip know. the other days. Like, I feel like we know the stories. Like, I've read yeah. them before, so I don't necessarily need to read okay. them. Okay, all right. So you're reading like five, six chapters a day. Okay, that's a lot. Uh, but yeah. you know what? It's like a lot of times, and I know this is going to sound crazy. For me personally, a lot yeah. of times they tie together. Yeah. Like, I have had meditations where all yeah. four yeah. things have all tied into one theme. Not yeah. always, but a lot of times there's recurring themes. And one thing I have found very helpful when I read, especially, I know you guys are doing the New Testament, which is much easier to do this for, but when you're reading like some really obscure, like Old Testament text, yeah. the thing that I always say is like, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. Mm. There's always something that ties to Jesus, even Old Testament. And I feel like that is usually the, if you are having a really difficult time reading 
a passage and you just cannot figure out an anchor, you just look for Jesus in the passage and usually it'll open the door for you. Um, for me, it depends anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, but that includes my prayer time. So mm. like usually it's, I would say one hour plus or minus 15 minutes. Why are you shining a flashlight on me? You're, you're sharing the light. This oh my gosh. Why are you shining a flashlight in my eyes? <laughs> I just, I just, as you're speaking, it's so just, I really, I really think our people are going to get a lot of this and I think they're getting it more out of what you're sharing because it's, it's helpful. Like, because I'm a lay person, you can, you can read the Bible. Like it's working for you though, right? So it's really working for you three but, days a week. Yes. And I'll tell you something Great. else. Um, that's because I'm also a one and I don't, I feel very guilty when I fail from it yeah. and I want it to be joy filled. I don't want to do yeah. something that feels like a burden to me, Yeah. but simultaneously something that I've learned about the spirit in my recent kind of journey is we can never underestimate how much God values our desire for him. Yeah. And I think it's something that I didn't realize that like God wants us to want him. Like he, he, yeah. he doesn't want us to do it yeah. necessarily just because I want a reward or because I want this other thing. And I want to hear from God. Yeah. I'm going to open the Bible and pick a word yeah. because I'm trying to figure out whether I should break up with my boyfriend. Not that necessarily, but God wants us to really desire him. And I think we can never underestimate how much that means to God. And so even if you don't necessarily feel like reading the Bible that day, if you're like, you know what? God, I prioritize you in my life. I want more of you in my life. I'm going to do it. I think God mm. honors that. Oh, like just yeah. that posture. Absolutely. I think God honors that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you don't have to hear every time, but like just the fact that you want to and you're yeah. going forward, it teaches you so much. And uh, and God will always, always, you know, uh, uh, minister and do something to you um, as you continue to be disciplined in that way. But yeah, but you know, it's... Bible reading should just be an end in of itself. It shouldn't just be a means to an end. Like, hey, I'm doing this, God. So like, hopefully now, you know, you'll get me a job or this and this mm -hmm, and that. Like, mm -hmm. you're trying to up your spiritual activity because you're hoping that God will see that and then God will, you know, get, and you know, he might. But part of that is because you're connecting more with God and you're probably learning some things. Is have, you know, again, it's teaching you what's right and wrong about your life. And it's also preparing you to do good work. So it's mm -hmm. it's happening and and stuff. But like, you're right. It should just be, we want to, we just want God. We just want more of God and that's it. So that's really important. But yeah, that's great, Sua. Really, really good. I like it. I like it. So yeah, like it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be, it could be three times a week, whatever, whatever your rhythm is. But I do hope that you'll get in that rhythm. Um, if you want to sign up, you, anyone can sign up for the New Testament challenge here at Metro. Uh, you don't have to be a part of our church to do it. So you can go to our website, emetro.org. And, uh, and if you go, I think it's called five by five times, five times five, right? It's like five times a week, five minutes a day, five chapters. That's basically mm -hmm. what it's like. So it's just Wait, they five expect chapters. you to read five chapters in five minutes. No, no. Five chapters a week. Oh, 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 a week. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah seven days, okay. five like, chapters in seven days. How fast do these people read? Yeah. Five Got chapters it. in seven days and five, and it only takes five minutes a day to read one chapter. You know, and that and that's kind of like it's called five by five. It's a navigator's thing. So anyway, if you're interested, you can you can sign it, sign up, and then you know we get you'll get an email from one of the pastors every week. And if you have questions, this is the cool thing. So this is the cool thing. You should sign up for this. If you have questions, <laughs> you can ask David Hosang. Wait, he's not even doctor. at Metro. Yes, he's still on our staff. Wait, he is. He's doing remote. Yes, yes. Oh, David's still on that. our pastoral staff. Oh, sorry, so, Pastor David Hosang. Please give everyone his pedigree. A New Testament professor, PhD in New Testament at Oxford. So if you have a question that you just don't understand, 
you can ask him a question and he can answer it for you. And you know, he and this is really cool. He sent out the email last week to everyone. He said, you know, listen, if you have a question, you can ask me, but I just want you to know it's not about you just knowing everything. And and you shouldn't just be reading the Bible so you can get the answer to every one of your questions. He said what you said, you should be reading the Bible to encounter God and to encounter his presence. That should be the primary yeah, reason amen. why you read it. It shouldn't be so that you understand everything you're reading. You know, that's not that's not the reason why you should be reading the Bible. But anyway. But if you're interested, you're more than welcome to sign up for it. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have a comment, uh, you know, we're going to post this up on, on social media. So Wait, make sure you share. I have one more practical yes. oh, recommendation. Go, 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 you know go. how I know. So another thing is going back to the gym analysis. You know what? how sometimes having an accountability partner really forces you to do things when you yeah, they spot you like, and stuff. Because yeah. they're like, uh, I have to go meet this person at seven at the gym. So, yes. I guess I have to go. so something that I found works for a lot of people is if you commit to having a rhythm, like let's say it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you text each other your Bible meditation for the day. And you it. have to do it. And you share with each other. And do it's you an do accountability that with some of, your, some of the women in your group? Um, I do not, but yeah. my mom still sends me hers every single day. And so That's does my awesome. dad. Um, awesome. And I know they have a small group of people that they do this with because, wow. I mean, in a way they're mentoring people on how to read the Bible, yeah. but I yeah. think they're also trying to keep them accountable. And I think yeah. if you're somebody who needs somebody else as an accountability to really kind of emphasize that rhythm, it really helps to have somebody to share with each other. So that person can say, it's Wednesday, it's 9 p.m. Where's your Bible meditation? I love it. You know? I love so. it. I think that's great. Well, Bible is always meant to be writing community. Yeah. And so if you can do that, that's really great. Like one of the, I love Friday morning prayer meetings at Metro. We get up at 6 a.m. I mean, not get, we, we meet up at 6 a.m. on Zoom because it's people from all over the country and, um, and people here at Metro. And we just read the text that we're going to be speaking on on Sunday. And I just love it. The insights that people come up with, the mm -hmm. questions that they have. I mean, I'm like, this is exactly how the Bible should have been read. It's always supposed to be read in community awesome. like that. So if you can do that, and that's one of the purposes. So yeah, maybe one of the reasons why, you know, I think people struggle with the Bible so much in the West is because we individualize our spirituality so mm -hmm. much. Yeah, And if we can begin to start reading it in community, like you just suggested, Sua, like kind of like texting people, like what you read, what God spoke to you about, I think that would be really great. I think it would be. And I think that could be a huge help for you to get into a better rhythm, you know, within that. So I think that would be great. So whatever your rhythm is, try to stick to it. And uh, and we'd love to hear, you know, as maybe the weeks go by, we'd love to hear your thoughts on, on how it's how God is speaking to you and yes, things like that. Would. And if you find this podcast to be helpful, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you have any questions after listening to this, we'd love to hear from you as well. So again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope that you'll tune in again next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and the rest of the week.